happy to be with you today. I want to let you know that this is kind of a big podcast, probably, right? It's called, and I put this together as a PDF, so you can have it. If you just email me or let me know, I'll send it to you in a PDF. But I called it The Laundry List, and it's Teresa's perspective of what is known as The Laundry List under the umbrella of adultchildren.org, adult children of alcoholics or substance abusers or adult children of dysfunction in the home. And it is a magnificent list. And in the PDF, I um, put on there a link to adultchildren.org where you can go find the original list. Again, that's adultchildren.org. This is just a summary of Teresa's perspectives and Teresa's concepts in relation to, um, in relationship to patterns and trauma responses and domestication and every single person I do believe every single little human has some sort of dysfunction or patterns or domestication that have messed with our mojo in our lifetime, right? And I love to address that and help people with that. So along with all the good things that can happen to us in life, there's also challenging things, and that's a part of life. And we can become masterful at balancing what we call, for lack of better words, the good and the challenging, right? Without judgment, without hesitation, we know that we will have ups and we will have downs and we can emotionally balance both. Yeah, we can do both. So I start out here with people bossing us. (laughs) Under that title, under that umbrella, I put fear of authority figures, right? Fear of abandonment. People controlling us. It also can feel like or look like controlling type behaviors that trigger us. Often we refer to others as kind of having a superiority complex or she's self-righteous. <laughs> He's self-righteous. Like that self-righteousness demeanor which only means that we, and I've felt this too, We can feel insignificant in certain areas, in similar areas. And in parentheses, I put AKA low self-esteem concepts, right? The next title I put down was people rejecting us. There's not a human being, a little human on this earth that doesn't have some sort of inner core fear of people rejecting us. We are naturally afraid of rejection and naturally attracted to connection. So if we're naturally attracted to connection, then we're gonna be naturally fearful of rejection. It feels like a lack of love, (laughs) a lack of acceptance, a lack of belonging. All that can feel like abandonment. Speaking up for ourselves is the next umbrella that I spoke under. Speaking up for ourselves guilt feelings when we stand up or try to stand up for ourselves there's 
lots of challenges, challenge wrapped up in expressing ourselves, right? Sometimes we feel like zero expressive ability, like a doormat. I call it doormat syndrome, where we don't say anything. We just stuff our emotions. And the other end of that, what I call teaching sick, is 60 massive rageful expression and that's what I call too the ugly we give in to others and we people please and or we isolate as well we struggle with the ability to express ourselves in a healthy way and these are some of the things that come out and rise above and allow us to practice in my signature programs and I love them they help people so much right The next topic I did was taking in things personally. We take things personally. We're kind of afraid of angry people, like upset bosses or upset parents or grandparents or friends or family, right? We're kind of afraid of that. Also, any personal criticisms is highly challenging for us to take in, to evaluate, and/or to process. We have the tendency to take it personally, be offended, become defensive. Our dukes come up, right? We listen to a lot of my podcasts. I talk about that. Our dukes come up. We want to fight. We take things personally. That kind of goes along too with the speaking up for ourselves. Our dukes come up, and we want to fight for ourselves. Instead, well, let me go here first. We overreact, right? Or we do what I call insta-react, like insta dukes come up and defend ourselves and be offended, rather than、mm, taking in that trigger and just saying to ourselves, "What is it about that that triggers me?" Right? Under the umbrella of taking things personally, we start to address our. Insides, what's going on in us that causes us to be reactive to that, whatever that is, right? The next title I talk about is approval seekers. We become approval seekers via our natural desire to not be hurt, but to be accepted, not be hurt again, again some more, as children and as adults. And with this, we lose our sense of self in the process. In the process of surviving, we lose our identity, our original core essence that we were born with. Over time, we feel like we lose it. We say that a lot. A lot of people say that to me. I feel like I've lost myself, right? And it can feel that way. And it can be true. We can lose ourselves. Over here, trying to survive, especially in in and around dysfunction, we lose who we really are.、Mm, that's big. That comes out a lot in our in my signature program. How to find yourself again, going clear back to two years old, that free baby girl or baby boy that runs around butt naked and is fearless. What, what happens to that person? That little soul. What happened to you, right? We uncover and discover the shit that happened to us. Me too. 
And with that, we're not returning to the scene of the accident. Please know that the accident is not really, uh, it doesn't really have uh, the gift in it. Where the gift is, is how we process it at the time, right? Some of us had tools, some of us had none. Most of us had none. And so we processed it in a really funky way that, that funky way messes with our mojo today. Whether that's 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago, it still can mess with our mojo today. So we go in and, and look at, uncover and discover how we process it. And we process it differently in a way that it serves us. I love that, right? You naturally get back to your inner core essence when you process when you process in a way that serves you. Like it actually becomes a stepping stone for going forward and building a life you love. It's a stepping stone, a foundational brick in our lives, rather than the hurt and the upset and the messing with the mojo type stuff, right? So that's the only reason to return to the scene of the accident, not the accident that we're focused on, how we process it. Where am I? Ah, uh, approval seekers, I did that. Substance abusers and or. <laughs> we can become substance abusers, reliant on substances, or marry substance abusers, align with them, right? And or both. Also included in this is workaholic tendencies. Same thing. Gambling, shopping, all the things. It's a, it's a, even staying busy, you know, busy to be busy. All of those things are under the umbrella of substances that numb us or change us. Allow us to avoid what's really going on, right? I put all that under the umbrella of substance abusers. We come to the table of life with, here's the next title, victims and viewpoints. We have a tendency to live life from a viewpoint of a victim. Often because it's all we've ever known. We are often attracted to that as a weakness unknowingly. At some point, being a victim got us the attention that we so desperately needed, right? If you think about your patterns that aren't serving you, like having fits and meltdowns and spinouts and insta reacting and angry and all this crap that doesn't serve us, right? It brings out the ugly in us. The things that we don't want to do, be, or have anymore can probably be um, assessed or processed in the beginning as a victim story. Lots of times we're not, okay, this pisses people off, but I want to say lots of times we're not victims or we're victims and we volunteer. Lots of times we volunteer for some of this stuff that they were carrying around. I give the story of the 16-year-old that sneaked out the window. She's been told a thousand times, do not leave this house. 
in the middle of the night. It's dangerous. She sneaks out the window. She goes and parties. And she gets gang raped. Was she a victim? Hail to the yes. Rape is is about the victim. And also, did she volunteer? Yes. She snuck out the window knowing better. So in that, in our work in my signature programs, we say, yes, I was a victim. Yes, I volunteered. So both. I personally experienced both. You know, it's just about being honest with ourselves sometimes. Okay, next title is Focus on Others. Oh, this is so big. Such a big challenge for little humans. We have a tendency to focus on others. Other people, places, and things. We can have our overdeveloped sense of responsibility, and it's natural to most always focus on others, other people, places, and things, rather than ourselves. This allows us to avoid our personal challenges or things we need slash want to work on. Instead, we desire to step away from working on ourselves, and in parentheses, I put for relief, or move away from the focus on us, again, for relief, right? We get relief by doing that. It is no fun to bring it home to treat them. <laughs> it's no fun to bring it home for you, but it's just for a little while. It's not forever. Bring it home to you. Keep the focus on your own backyard. There's lots and plenty of cleaning to do in your own backyard. Once your yard's kind of cleaned up, then it's appropriate to take the different things that you think might be affecting you or messing with your mojo. It's appropriate to take that to what I call table topics in the back of your journal and start to dialogue and work on what it is that you want to communicate that might support you and uh, build relationship and communication and trust and authenticity in your communication, right? But never out front. We always want to look at our part. If we're pointing a, pe- a finger, a finger. If we're pointing a finger at someone, there are three pointing back to us. So if you say she's such a bitch, there's three pointing back to you that say, "Why are you being a bitch?" <laughs> and I want you to have fun with that, and I want you to giggle with it, just like me. So if I point a finger and say, "God, she's such a drama queen." Where am I being dramatic? Right? Good Lord. He's so hateful. Three pointing back at me going, where am I so hateful? It's probably not in the same area. He might be hateful in the home, and you might be hateful at work as a manager. Right? That's what I found. I was hateful somewhere. Right? I was judgmental somewhere. I was a bitch somewhere too, right? And just accepting that and loving it and learning from it is so much fun, so eye-opening and helps us in so many different ways. Addiction to drama or upset is my next title. We can become addicted to excitement. And in parentheses, I put drama, upset, right? A quiet holiday weekend can scream uh, 
realize it. Downtime. When you're busy being busy and all of a sudden there's a big ass downtime, that's uncomfortable at first. I want you to go in and design some downtime so you, downtime so you can become comfortable with quietness, stillness. There's so much magic to be had in quietness. And I believe with all my heart that stillness really speaks to us. Downtime, not enough busy time, often creates dis-ease. Dis-ease for those who've been traumatized in life. Quiet is super uneasy at first for many peeps. They just stay busy, 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 busy in the car, busy on the drive, busy at work, busy on the break, busy on lunch, busy after work, busy, 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 busy in the home, busy, busy, busy. That's kind of a lifestyle that people have created of late. Where seldom we sit and watch a sunset, lay in the grass. Seldom do we take strolling type walks. We've always got to be on a mission, right? Can't just be walking for the fun of walking, right? Get quiet and learn to love it. Next topic is we confuse confuse love and pity. Sometimes some of us confuse love and pity. We tend to love people. We can pity and rescue. Stay away from that. Stay away from that. Love everyone. But let's don't pity them. They're perfectly capable, just like you and me. me. They don't need rescuing. <laughs> People need to be loved, need to be accepted, need to be um, embraced, need to be um, included, right? Not excluded, but included. But we don't ever want to pity them. Next title, Stuff Feelings. We learn at an early age to stuff our feelings. And we lose the ability to express our feelings in a good way because it hurts too much. Hurts us, hurts others, all those things. We'll shut down and stuff the feelings. Learning to communicate in a way people love listening to you is huge. What happens to us is we learn to communicate in a way that's filled with blame and shame. Then people turn away from us. They're like, "Mm mm-mm, not having it. And it feels like criticism to them, right? But learning to communicate in a way that you're taking full ownership and full responsibility for you, me, myself, and I, in my own backyard, cleaning up my own shit, and you worried it like that, I have been working on this, and with that, I learned that, this, or that. Communicating like that, people love it. They're like, tell me more. And I teach my clients, my couple clients, to use that, right? Even my individual clients, I teach them to use that. Tell me more is huge. But speaking in a way, first of all, that wants people to tell, tell, tell them more is huge. So communication styles are really, really big in my programs. Just to understand how we can better communicate with ourselves, our inner core self-talk, and with others is huge. 
The biggest thing is don't stuff those feelings. Practice on paper how you want to communicate them. Practice on paper taking full accountability and responsibility. Practice on paper and talking to the God of your understanding about how this appears to you and what you're learning from what what you're looking for, what you're uncovering and discovering with you. Uh, People love that. They'll sit in circle all day long to listen to you talk about what you're learning and uncovering and discovering about your mm, challenges. What they're not willing to do is listen to you, judge them, criticize them, shame them, blame them, and so on. Nope. Ain't having it. Doesn't work. Hey, I'm telling you, it doesn't work. The next topic is judge self and others. Mm. The person who judges others, let me tell you, are extraordinary masterful at judging themselves. Under judge self and others, we also learn to judge ourselves harshly. Well, yeah, that's true. And have a low sense of self or low self-esteem. We also become masterful at judging others constantly and consistently. And more often than not, without realizing it, becomes a habit, a pattern that we don't even realize that we're doing. It's another self-survival way of being because it gets the focus off of us being mean to ourselves. That's why we do that. We judge others so we'll stop being mean to ourselves, something that we grew up with. Frickin' frackin' mean to ourselves and many of us still are. Don't, Don't even think I don't have to work on that a little bit nowadays. After 28 years, I refuse to be mean to myself today, though. And I refuse to be mean to others at the best of my ability. Doesn't mean I don't screw up. But lordy, it's a big-ass goal of mine to say what I mean and mean what I say but not say it mean, right? Dependent personalities is the next topic. We have dependent personalities, meaning our mood and our quality of life depends on you. What you doing? How you be? Our mood and our quality of life depends on another person? That's jacked up. It's usually a parent or a significant other. Your mood messes with my mojo if I'm not self-aware. Your Day mojo messes with my day mojo (laughs) if I'm not self-aware that I'm doing that, right? Your mindset messes with my mindset if I'm not self-aware, right? We can't go to other people looking to up-level energy. They might not have that for us. It's not their responsibility. It's our responsibility to address our mood, our day mood, our mindset. It's our responsibility to address that. And only for ourselves. It's not our job to pick other people up to make them feel better, right? It's our job, personally, to maintain our own emotional balance, emotional regulation. 
not up to other people. Y'all, it ain't up to other people to do that for us. That's an energy suck for them. And they don't want any part of it. They don't go away. And I don't blame them. Become self-aware. What's the best way to stay self-aware? It's maintaining constant contact with Source, aka Creator, Higher Power, God, etc. Whatever label you prefer to use. The desire is that we maintain our individuality and our relationships, our union, our friendships, our family and stuff. They just complement that. They're, they're whipped cream and cherry on top. We maintain our individuality regarding our own energy, our emotional balance, our emotional regulation. It's not, it's not to be left to other people, places, or things to do that for us. Period. Lots of people don't know that, right? And so now we have a closing note. Thank you. Thank you for being here. <laughs> Always remember, I love you. I want what you want. God, higher power, higher self, universe, creator, whatever label you want to use, also wants what you want. Now, I'd like for you to sit and decide what you want. You know, things that I think of is I want to be an even better masterful communicator. I want to be the person that mm, walks around and you just feel loved by me, right? I want to be the person who walks around and through life and in my teachings where you know that I accept you just as you are. And if you want to change, like if you wrote a check or your mama wrote a check for you to be in my programs, I want what you want. Tell me what you want and I'll tell you how to get there. That's what I did with my coaches. I went and said, told them what I wanted. Now that has changed over the years. Hell, sometimes that changes day by day. But know what you want and know why you want it, right? And then allow someone that you trust to help you get there. That's what I do for a living. It's so fun. I first though decided what I wanted and or decide daily what I want. And I also know why I want it, right? Because it feels good. My life feels good. That's what I call designing a life you love. It means that your life feels good. It's not sailboats. It's not extreme vacations. It's not fucking big-ass houses and gated communities and high-dollar vehicles. It's more about feeling peace and serenity and contentment and life force energy, right? You can pitch a tent and pick shit with the chickens like my mama used to say and be super, super in love with your life. That's all I'm saying. Everyone is individual. Decide what it is for you that trips your trigger, makes your tail wag, and put it out there. All right, give it to me. Let me help you. I'd love to. That's what I do for a living every day, and it's so much fun. And I'm here to help you. Yes, please pass this on to other people who are struggling or down. 
or not understanding or unhappy or in discontent, right? There are ways to really look at what's happened to us. I love that book, What Happened to You? Um, I think Oprah and Dr. Bruce Perry, maybe, did that book, What Happened to You? Oh, God, I have have a whole reading list and listening list in PDF. If you want that, just let me know. There's uh, anything Michael Singer, Michael Singer. He's a masterful teacher. Anyway, let me know how I can help. Yes, post this out and share it with someone that you know and love and want to support. Just say, I wanted to support you, and this is really cool. Kind of food for thought. Give it a listen and see what you think. I love you so big, and I'm going to see you next time. Okay? This is Teresa, signing out signing off or signing out I love you